All right. Welcome, everybody, to Wednesday night service, High Desert Word Center. This is the best place in all the Barstow that you could be tonight. I'll tell you that right now. I've been everywhere, but there's no place better than being right here on a Wednesday night. Amen. Well, we're going to have an awesome time. Uh, of course, we've got a busy week coming up, so I'll give you some Harvest Fest details and information in a few minutes. But we are all pumped up for that. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We're going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America because we are seeing America come to Jesus and we will not back down from that. We're going to stand by this statement. Amen. So let's say this together and speak these words in faith. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness Mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. And give the Lord some praise tonight. You may be seated. Hallelujah. You may be seated. All right. Well, let's go through some announcements here because we have a busy calendar coming up and we are right here at the holiday season and it is the best time of the year. Absolutely. So Harvest Fest is this Friday from six to nine. Amen. I need a little more excitement than that. I mean, seriously, Harvest Fest is this Friday. All right. Six o'clock to nine o'clock. And so, um, again, as we've announced a whole bunch of times, uh, again, it's our scaled-down version. It's not our massive community-wide outreach. But you can bring friends and invite people. We just simply aren't advertising it. So if you would like a flyer, we do have a limited number of flyers. You can see Desiree, who is somewhere here. She does exist. Desiree's a real person. There she is. That's her. All right. Desiree is here. And if you would like a flyer to invite someone, see Desiree after the service. But here's the deal. Uh, we were shooting to have 200 candy bags for kids. We have 208. So there we go. 208 candy bags. And um, if you signed up to bring waters or sodas for the event, if you could, please drop those off tomorrow between 10 and 2. If you can. If not, bring them Friday when you come or anytime during the day. So, again, if you signed up to bring sodas or waters or drinks, if you can, bring them tomorrow between 10 and 2. If you can't do that, come Friday and get them here anytime during the day or when you come to the event that night. And so we uh, just a few things they wanted me to tell you about the event. We, uh, we've got a good photo booth company coming that's going to do the photo booth for us, an obstacle course, some bounce houses, lots of games, and lots of fellowship and food. Amen. So it's going to be an awesome, fun night. So be here. And again, you can bring, you know, friend or invite somebody. All right. And with all of that being said, I want to tell all of the parents that the children's Christmas practice is starting up uh, for the Christmas play, okay? And so every year we do a nice uh, Christmas play with all the kids. We didn't get to do one last year, so we're really making up for it this year. So parents, if you want your kids to be in the play, they got to be here. 
you got to get them here uh, to Children's Church, especially on Sundays. And then um, they'll also, you know, add more practices uh, the closer we get to it. But please, parents, get your kids here because we want them to be in it. And I'll tell you what right now, being in ministry all these years, the number one, no doubt about it, best way to get somebody to come to church with you is to invite them to an event that your kid is participating in. Amen. They will come. Even, even, you know, a hardened heart will come to see the cute little kids do a Christmas play. And so, parents, let's take advantage of this opportunity because you know plenty of people that need Jesus, don't you? Amen. And they will come and see these kids in the play. So, get them here. All right. Next wonderful news is the church Thanksgiving service is going to be on Sunday, November the 21st. And so that's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And what we have is a great big pitch-in dinner right in here after church. It is a festive, wonderful time with great food. And uh, and so last year we didn't, you know, we still did one, but we did it outside. But this year we're going to feast, all right? Who in here is ready for some turkey? Come on, somebody. Yeah. Mashed potatoes. Come on. Yeah. And so we got to do this. It's going to be Sunday, November 21st after the morning service. We'll be getting a sign-up sheet out really soon. And then my last announcement is also this. Uh, on Sunday, November 28th, okay, we're going to be having our annual Christmas came early party. We're kicking off the Christmas season that night. And uh, Lawrence and Leah Mata will be in charge of that event for the Family Life Ministry. I'll get you more details on that coming up. But just know this, that it's Sunday, November 28th. Instead of the 6 p.m. service, we're having the Christmas came early party. And it is a blast. And it's a great thing to invite people to and everything else. All right? So that was a lot of announcements. Walter, did we handle it? You feel good? All right. Well, we handled it. Who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time, and uh, that means it's time for our tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. And uh, we're going to open our Bibles tonight to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs 10, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I hope I preach better than you say amen tonight, because that's weak. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 10 tonight, people. Yeah. All right, Proverbs 10, and we're going to look at verse 22. I'm in the New King James, Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 22. And uh, amen, if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. Let's look at Proverbs 10, 22. It says this, the blessing of the Lord, it makes one rich. No, 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 don't do not say that word in a church. There's no way that God would want somebody rich. There is no way that, I mean, that's nearly a dirty word. Shut it. The Bible says right here, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And even better than that, let's go another step further. He adds no sorrow with it. There's a lot of rich people in this world. And they've got a whole lot of sorrow that they've accumulated with those riches and with that wealth. And so it tells us right here, hey, when you get the blessing of the Lord on your life, it makes a, a person rich. And on top of it, he adds no sorrow with it. Because you see, a lot of these rich people we see, they had to push people down to get to where they are. They had to stab people in the back and tell lies. They had to break moral codes. They had to cheat. 
lie and steal to get to where they are. But in God's kingdom, with the blessing of the Lord, you don't have to hurt anybody to get the blessing of the Lord. You just got to obey him. And, and he adds no sorrows with it. Amen. And so the blessing of the Lord, how do you get that? You are a doer of God's word. If his word says to love people, you love them. If his word says to bring all the tithe into the storehouse, you do it. And you don't regret it because he adds no sorrow with it. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. All right, let's stand up together. We're going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. We do everything by faith. We give by faith. And the Bible says that the just, the righteous people, they live by faith. All right? And so that's why we speak words of faith over our giving. Because whatever is not of faith is sin. And we don't want to go there. Amen? Let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to worship up front at the altar with us as we sing together. The King of all creation set aside His crown. A servant to the Father's love, descended from His throne above. Author of salvation, giver of new life. Crucified to pay for sin, our righteousness is in the name of Jesus. Every heart and tongue, bless your name above all names. All things of this earth belong to you Confess your name above all names. All things of this earth belong to you forever. You will reign. Let's sing this together. Highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth declare all praise to Jesus Christ. 
Highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth declare all praise to Jesus. Every heart and tongue confess your name. Highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth declare all praise to Jesus Christ. Highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth declare all Let's put our hands together to Jesus. Every heart and tongue confess your name above all names. All things of this earth belong to you forever. One more time, sing Jesus.
and all the earth, and all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing.
you may be seated tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Good to be around the people of God. It's good to be singing his praises, reading his word. We're going to have a really great time tonight. And uh, you know, I just want to, I want to bring some encouragement tonight. That's, that's my goal. And you know, anytime that, uh, that, that we preach, anytime that we teach God's word, the, uh, the goal is to help people. And, uh, and you know, if you preach a great sermon and make people laugh or impress them with your skills, that's nothing if you didn't help anybody. And that's what I'm here to do tonight is I, I want to bring encouragement and help to people that need that. And I'm going to be looking at one of my favorite Bible verses tonight. But the title of the message is this, he will strengthen you. He will strengthen you. And I know sometimes we're at a moment where we feel weak. And you know, the scripture says, hey, let the weak say, I am strong. Amen. And so we may have moments where we feel like, man, I just, I, I feel weak right now. I feel like I can't do this. I feel like I can't beat this situation. Like I can't break through this barrier. Like I can't overcome this situation. But listen, hey, you weren't just told to be strong because, you know, sometimes people are like, hey, be strong, brother, or just hang in there, sister. And, and man, that's not what the Bible says. It does say to be strong but be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And if you're sitting there just trying to muster up all the strength you can get, it's not going to work. You are not that strong. I don't care who you are, no matter how smart you are, how rich you are, how good looking you are, how skilled you are, you will eventually face a problem or a situation that your talent and skills and intelligence cannot break through. Every person in this world has got to admit their dependence upon Jesus. Every person in this world has got to come to a place where they surrender and say, you know, I can't do this. I need you. Now, if you're in this room, you're obviously, you're at a church, so you know, hey, I need help. I know that I can't do this. You're in the right place, but I want to remind and encourage you and feed you the word of God tonight, even if you know these scriptures, and I want to build you up and let you know that, You're not alone and that he will strengthen you and you are going to make it. All right. And so what I want to do tonight is open up to second Thessalonians chapter three, second Thessalonians chapter three. Amen. And, uh, this is just a powerful scripture, powerful scripture. And in fact, it's so good that you've got a whole sermon just all built up into one beautiful scripture here. So I love verses like this, but second Thessalonians, and we're going to look here at chapter 3 and verse 3. And, uh, you know, Paul is talking here to this church at Thessalonica, and and he's talking about, hey, they're surrounded by wicked and evil people, that he says in verse 2, there's wicked and evil people surrounded them in Thessalonica. And I'm like, hey, Paul, that sounds like you've been to California in 2021. There are wicked and evil people everywhere. But here's the good news. 2 Thessalonians 3 Verse 3, it says, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you, and he will guard you from the evil one. I love that verse. That speaks to my heart, that, that no matter what is going on, forget it. The Lord is faithful. Now, if God wasn't faithful, then, yeah, we'd be real worried right now. If God, you know, when someone's faithful, you can count on them to do what they said that they would do. Now, I've come across unfaithful people in my life at this point that they say they're going to do something and they don't do it. 
and that rubs me the wrong way. But what I have found out about Jesus Christ is this. He says he's going to do something, and he always does it. His word always works. His word never returns unto him void. In fact, the Old Testament says that God is not a man that he should lie. And in the modern English, we would say it this way. God's not a human being. Therefore, he doesn't lie. Because people, they, they, they lie. And, 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 and the, none of us are perfect. We've all done this. But I love it that no matter what is going on, the Lord is faithful. He does keep his word and he does show up on time and he does do what he said he was going to do. The Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and he will guard you from the evil one. And so what I'm going to do tonight is break this verse into three points and I want to speak to you on this. And I believe that God has something to tell you tonight. If you will listen, let's pray. Father in Jesus name, I thank you, Lord, that we have your word right here in front of us, God, and that, Lord, we are never alone. You are faithful, and, Lord, you do strengthen us, and you do guard us from the evil one. And I pray tonight that as we study your word, as we listen to the teaching of your holy word, that you'll speak to every single person here, Lord. You'll remind us of things that maybe we've forgotten. You'll tell us things that maybe we've never even heard before, God. But whatever the case is, Lord, we want to leave this place better than when we came in, and we're giving you our full attention and faith right now. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? All right. Number one, this, the Lord is faithful. And so no matter what we're going through, you do need to realize that you are not facing it alone. Now, one of the primary weapons and strategies of Satan is isolation. He wants to isolate you. He wants you to feel like you're the only one battling this issue. You're the only one that's ever fell into this problem, or maybe even he wants you to fall into a victim mentality, which is super dangerous, and, and be like, well, nobody else gets it. I've got it worse than anybody else, and, and uh, I mean, no one's just, I know they all say that, but they don't, they don't know. They don't know. No one's ever been through this before, and, and no one has it as bad as me. Don't fall into that. It may feel comfortable for a minute. That will destroy your life. The Lord is faithful. And you need to realize that. And, and you need to realize that you are never, ever alone. So look at this, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Now, this is pretty much a go-to verse for me. If you've heard me preach very much, you've heard me use this verse because I use this a lot. But you, you've got to get this. 1 Corinthians 10, and we're going to look at verse 13. And this is powerful. This, this has set me free. And I believe it sets you free too. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. In the New King James, it says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. I think the new NLT says that the troubles or the temptations you face are no different than from what everyone else is facing. But look at this. Here it goes. But God is faithful. Didn't I hear that somewhere just a minute ago? Yes, I did. I heard it in Second Thessalonians 3.3. 3. But God is faithful. Faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, again, you've heard me use this verse a lot, but this word temptation is this Greek word pyrasmos, which is synonymous with temptations, troubles, trials. So I can read this verse just like this. The temptations in my life are no different than from what others face. The troubles in my life are no different than what others face. The trials in my life are no different from what others are facing. 
Now, it would be wrong to end that verse right there on that period. The troubles in your life, they're no different than what others are facing. In other words, times are tough everywhere, man. It's, it, you, yeah, you've got it bad, but man, it's just bad everywhere, period. But thank God it didn't stop there. It says, but God is faithful. He won't allow the temptation. He won't allow the trouble. He won't allow the trial to be more than you can stand. And he will always provide a way through that situation. Always. Well, I don't know, but in in my experience, don't you elevate your experience above God's word. That's blasphemy. I'm serious. There's some people like, yeah, I know it says, I know that you know, it says that God wants people healed. It says that God wants you to have, to, but in my experience, that's not what's happened to me. So I don't believe that verse. If you elevate your experience above God's word, I don't care if my experience wasn't the same as what God's word said, then something went wrong somewhere, but it was not with God's word. I don't get the guts to tell God that he was wrong, that his word's not true. That's a dangerous spot to be in. And so I'm telling you tonight that with the trouble, with the trial, there are other people facing the same thing. And guess what? God will make a way through this situation. He will. But you're going to have to do it his way. And that's the thing is sometimes God makes a way through it, but it's not the way that you had in mind. And so you miss it altogether. You were looking for something else. You were looking for Fabio to ride in on a unicorn on a white horse. Like, Hey, come on. And no, but God, he had a totally different game plan to rescue you from the situation. And you were too busy leaning on your own understanding to see that God provided a way straight out of this thing. So if we're going to, realize that the Lord is faithful, we're going to have to start looking at things through his eyes. And so notice it says, but God is faithful. Now, maybe you've heard this, but there's two ways that we hear this phrase in life. I've heard two ways that uh, that people use the but God phrase. First off is, but God, it's not fair. <laughs> but God, nobody knows what I'm going through. But God, Why? And then I've heard people say, yeah, you know what? I may be in a bad spot right now, but God is faithful. He will not allow this to be more than I can stand. Yeah, there's been an attack on my body, but God is my healer. But God is my provider. But God said he'll make a way through this thing. So how is it that you're using the phrase, but God? Are you saying, but God, it's no fair. Are you saying, hey, devil, shut up. But God said, I'm going to make it. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. How are you saying, but God? Now I'm going to show you one of my other favorite Bible verses. And this is a Nahum 1, verse 7. Nahum 1, verse 7. Beautiful verse. Love this verse. Dynamite verse. You've got to know this. Nahum 1.7. It is fire, man. I love this verse. So Nahum 1.7. I'm sure you're very familiar with the book of Nahum. Who in here, you could just say Nahum is your favorite book. Anyone? Okay. It's good. It's good. That's right. All right. I'm guessing you may not know a whole lot about Nahum, but that's good. If you're having trouble finding it, it's on page 873. So turn over there to 873. Nahum 1 verse 7. Love this. Okay, well, if you're looking on your phone, then I mean, you know, you really, you've got a shortcut to this, but Nahum 1 and verse 7, and this is such a good verse. I learned this when I was a kid um, from, uh, well, from the Gospel Bill show, really, from this show I used to watch when I was a kid, but 
I also found out this is on the bottom of some of your in and out cups. So check this out. They they caught on to how good this was. They're like, the only thing that could make these fries better is if we plastered Nahum 1-7 on it, and then it would really be anointed. And so Nahum 1-7, it says, the Lord is good. Who knows that? <laughs> Come on. The Lord is good. What is he? He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. Oh, my gosh. Anytime that I've got a bad day going on, i got to say, you know what? But the Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who trust in him. Now, this word stronghold, it means refuge and fortress. And uh, these are some very wonderful, powerful Bible words to me. I love the words refuge fortress, strong tower. David and Solomon use these phrases just all over the place in the Psalms and the Proverbs. But but it says right here, he is a stronghold. He is a fortress in the day of trouble. And on top of that, here's a very interesting part of this verse. He knows those who trust him. Think about that. He, he knows those who trust him. Sometimes like, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if God sees me. Listen, he knows those who trust him. And so I believe that God can identify those who actually trust him and those who don't really trust him. And that's not to, you know, put someone down, but let's just get real. There's some people that say, oh yeah, 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 I trust the Lord, but, but this is going on. The Lord knows those who trust him and it doesn't sound like you trust him. And, you know, again, I'm just, I'm trying to help people here. We're not trying to throw rocks at you. He knows those who trust in him. And when we trust in him, you better believe it, he will come through. And sometimes it may be at the midnight hour, okay? But he always comes through. Those who wait on the Lord will find strength, amen? I'm going to use that verse later, so I better shut up now. But listen to me. I just gave you a spoiler alert. But listen, the Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. So if you're facing something, if you're in the day of trouble right now, because I know this much, that the day of trouble is real, and it does come to everybody. You know, I'm not naive. Uh, I, I understand that even if, even if you're strong in the faith, the day of trouble still shows up. It showed up for Jesus. You're no better than him. It showed up for Paul. It showed up for Peter. It showed up for all the Old Testament guys. It showed up, but they trusted the Lord, and they made it through because God is faithful. Amen? And so let's move on to number two here. Number one, the Lord is faithful. Number two, he will strengthen you. He will strengthen you. And, I mean, I know that there's been times that, hey, I feel like I am on my last legs here. I don't think I can take one more hit. I don't think I could take one more beating here. And uh, and I I think of this commercial that uh, the Lipton uh, Tea Company used, I don't know, about 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But they had a claymation Rocky Balboa just getting his brains beat in by the other guy. And then they show up and give him a Lipton Tea in the 15th round or whatever. Like, oh, all of a sudden he's like, hey, I got this. And he goes and he wins the fight. But sometimes I have felt like I am in that 15th round there just getting pummeled. But The Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you. Amen. He'll show up. He'll show up. Just, you can't give up. 
I'm thinking of this story, so I'm going to share it. I wasn't planning on this, but here we go. So when I had leukemia, um, there was a point in time when um, I, I, you know, my, my parents, they were very strong in the faith, as you know, and they were convinced that I was walking out of that hospital. And uh, there was just a point in time when it was one of those days. It was a rough day, all right? I remember I was a little kid. I was three and a half, but I do have recollection of a few pretty rough, painful days. And it was a you know, day of spinal taps. It was a day of, uh, and you know, I mean, I remember this stuff. That was that hurts, and I just, I, I've still got scars on my back thirty something years later from them jamming this stuff up me. But uh, they had been trying to draw blood. They had just tapped out the veins. They couldn't get blood. They're trying to pump new blood into me and do these blood transfusions, and it's just nothing was going right. And I was screaming my little three year old head off, and my dad was just at this point like. He's healed in Jesus' name, but we got this is uh, this is not going good. And so, at this moment, my dad's best friend Gary, uh, who who's visit, he's visited us out here several times. Gary shows up, and Gary's like my dad, man. They don't take trash off the devil. They're, they're, if you're in a fight, you want my dad in the fight with you. You want Gary in the fight with you because they know the word and they've got strong faith. So Gary shows up, and he's and and he's like, what? What can we agree on here? What what can we do? And and my dad's like, I know he's healed. I know that the victory, it, it, he's going to break through and walk out of this place. But I don't want him screaming his head off and being tortured in the meantime until that moment comes. And so Gary's like, you know what? Uh, I, I've got this. And so they hooked up uh, where two or more are gathered in my name. There am I in the midst of them in the book of Matthew. And so Gary had this endowment. Okay, there's a gift. Uh, of the spirit called the gift of faith. We would more correctly label that the gift of special faith where God will give you walking in that gift a temporary endowment of turbo faith. And so Gary's like, whoa, let's lay hands on him. I declare and I believe right now in the name of Jesus, he will not feel one more ounce of pain this entire rest of this time. Gary lays hands on me at three and a half. The Lord Jesus Christ is my witness. From that moment forward, throughout the rest of it, and honest to God, for a very long time after that, I did not feel a needle even touch my body. I didn't feel an ounce of pain. And and so they would be in there doing spinal taps. They'd be putting needles in both arms. They'd be doing all this stuff. And I'm just sitting there laughing. I'm just sitting there, you know, being a regular three-year-old. And they're like, "What? Uh, you? He? they're worried. He should be feeling something. What's wrong with this kid? But... The Lord will strengthen you in that moment where you're like, it's the day of trouble. I can't take another second of this. The Lord will strengthen you. And I'm so thankful that I was raised in this stuff. Amen. I I mean, I am so thankful that I was raised in the faith message. And I don't regret one ounce of this. And God is good. I would get my blood drawn for years to come and not feel a single thing. All right. So I'm going to show you here Luke 22, verse 43, because here we have Jesus, Jesus in the day of trouble, Jesus in a very, uh, very vulnerable moment. And so we have Jesus here in the garden praying. He's very uh, shortly after this going to be betrayed and going to be arrested and taken to fulfill his purpose in this world. But here we go. Luke 22, 
in verse 43, we've got Jesus uh, kneeling, he's praying, he's sweating blood out of his body, and, and he's saying, God, if there be some other way, take this cup of suffering away from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And look what happens for Jesus himself right here. Luke 22 and verse 43 says, Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. I don't, I don't, I, I, I read this and I've studied it and I've wondered and I've pondered, what in the world did this angel do to strengthen Jesus? I don't know. But all I know is this, is that God is faithful. He will strengthen you. And even his own son, Jesus, in this moment, he sent strength to help him. And Jesus rises from this and he goes and he fulfills the cross and he rises again. Amen. And because of that, I'm going to heaven someday. Thank you, Jesus. But Jesus right here, he needed his strength. So what's going to happen in my moment of need? Well, it's cool that he sent an angel to Jesus, but even better than that, in my moment of need, in my hour of need, I've got the risen son of God, Jesus Christ, the victorious king himself will strengthen me. Amen. He will, he will guard me from the evil one. I've got Jesus. I've got angels. You better know that I've got angels. There's angels all over this place. All right. I believe that. And I know that, but even more excited than I am about angels. That's cool. I'm even more excited that I've got Jesus Christ, the victorious son of God. Amen. And in my moment of need, in my hour of need, he will strengthen me. He'll, I mean, come on, he'll lead me right to the perfect verse. He'll lead me right to the, just the perfect person that needs to speak into my life. He'll do whatever he's got to do. He'll speak to my heart in the still small voice, but make no mistake about it. He will strengthen me and he will strengthen you. Amen. Woo. Uh, Isaiah 40 verse 31. Let's do this. Maybe I put too many verses down, but let's look at this. There's never too many verses, right? Oh, come on. Come on. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. Check this out. Isaiah 40, verse 31. Who's having a good time? Isaiah 40 and verse 31. Oh, man. Every verse I look at, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my favorite verse. So you just forgive me because I keep saying that. That's a good one. I like this one. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. We'll be in the NLT on this one. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. Check this out. It says, but those who trust in the Lord, wait, didn't, what did we see earlier? He knows those who trust him. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. What's that say? That, that they will find new strength. And so I'm encouraging you tonight that if you feel weak, hey, when I am weak, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. If you feel weak tonight, you ought to say, I am strong. Let's say that together. I am strong. Amen. And it's not because you're all that. It's because Jesus is all that. Amen. And I'm not strong in me. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I will run and not grow weary. I will walk and I will not faint. 
You got time for another good one here? Sure you do. All right, Psalm 121. Let's go there. Psalm 121. Psalm 121. Let's do this. Psalm 121. I've got one more point to get to, so let's do this. Psalm 121 in the New King James. Psalm 121. Check this out. Love this. It says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. I'll lift my eyes up to the hills. From whence comes my help? And, and I'm, you know, listen, my, help, my help's not coming from the mountains. My, help, my help's not coming from yonder. My help, look at this, verse 2, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. My help comes from the Lord who made those mountains. He made it all. That's where my help comes from. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. You know that God doesn't sleep? No, he doesn't take naps. God God doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The Lord, sh- the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out. And you're coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Whoa, man, where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. And I don't ever, I can sleep at night just fine because I don't have to worry. Well, what if God falls asleep too? And then that leaves the house unattended too. That leaves my life. Then maybe the devil can come in. No, he doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. He always is watching over us. Now let me get to point number three, and it's this. He will guard you from the evil one. That's good news. That's really, really good news. Because whether you believe it or not, there's an evil one. And it's it's ironic that in most national polls that I've seen taken, the majority of people believe in heaven. They believe in that there is a God of some kind. Now there's a few Yahoo knuckleheads that just like, yeah, there's nothing out there. And in their heart, they're searching, and, and, and they're, they're never fully, they, in their heart, their hearts say, come on. But most people do believe in a heaven and that there is a God of some kind. Strangely, though, there's a whole lot of those same people that don't believe hell is real, and they don't believe that there's a devil. And I'm just, I'm not giving him glory, I'm not giving him credit, but I'm just, I, I, I acknowledge his existence. There is an evil one. There is a devil, but I'm not afraid of him. Why? Because he will guard me from the evil one. Amen. Luke 10, 18 says he's given me authority over all the works of the devil. Amen. We got authority over him. And 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 and, and the Lord is guarding us from the evil one. But you need to realize that there is an evil one. And so look at this, Isaiah 43 and verse 2. Isaiah 43 and verse 2. He will guard you from the evil one. Isaiah 43 and verse 2. So my whole my whole goal tonight is I want to encourage you and remind you of maybe some things that you've known or maybe you didn't know these things, but I want you to remember that the Lord is faithful, that you are absolutely not alone. He has not forgotten about you. He's very much aware of what's going on in your life right now. The, the, the Lord is faithful. He will guard you from the evil one. Now check this out. Isaiah 43 and verse 2. 
when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. And sometimes we're in the deep waters, but you need to realize you're not in the deep waters alone. The Lord's not afraid of water. Amen. He's not afraid of the flood. Isaiah also records that he can hold all the waters of the earth right in the palm of his hand. When you go through deep waters, I will still be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. Am I the only one that's been through a river of difficulty? Come on, is there somebody else? You've been through a river of difficulty. I mean, it's one thing to just be in deep water, but a river is a crazy thing. I've been in some rivers, okay, and they are wild. They're just, they're all over the place, and and it's a wild thing. It's a difficult thing, but when you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. I've been through the fire of oppression, okay? And a lot of people don't understand what oppression is. There is a demonic possession where someone is literally possessed of the devil, okay? We've come across that, and praise God, we know how to handle that because of the name of Jesus. But there's also this level of oppression where maybe the devil didn't come in and possess you, but he is absolutely all over you, just messing with your mind, messing with your soul. He is torturing you, oppressing you, and you can feel it so thick around you that you're thinking thoughts that aren't even your own thoughts anymore. You are oppressed. I've seen it. I've been there. But guess what? Praise God. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. We don't have to stay there. There is deliverance for oppression from the devil. And when you walk through the fire of oppression, you won't be burned up. The flames will not consume you. The flames will not consume you. I I think of uh, Daniel chapter 6 when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were in the fiery furnace. And, of course, we see that there's a fourth man that shows up, and Nebuchadnezzar's like, hey, we threw three guys in there. There's a fourth man. Well, you want to study that out. That fourth man was Jesus Christ himself. And they come out of the fire, and people are like, wait a minute, they're not burned up. And one of the most key parts of that story that I find interesting is that it says they did not even smell like smoke. Imagine that. I mean, I go camping a lot, and, and, and if you get within 20 feet of a campfire, you just you smell like smoke, right? You go, you hang out with a smoker, and you smell like the stuff, right? You don't even you don't do it yourself. But here these guys were right in the flames and in the fire. Not only did it not kill them, it, it didn't burn them, it didn't even uh, torch their clothing, they didn't even smell like smoke. God has this way of bringing you through the most brutal of situations, and in the end, like, whoa, what? You went through that? You? How'd that happen to you? I, I would never even be able to tell. But God is faithful. He'll protect you. He will guard you from the evil one. The flames of oppression will not consume you. They will not burn you up. You can make it through this thing. God's really good to us, isn't he? And so there's this, you know, I'm just looking at this. And and you need to understand that as a Christian, Satan's ultimate goal isn't to kill you. 
I, you know, that, I'm, you know, maybe you could debate me on that, but I don't think that his ultimate goal is to just kill you. I think his ultimate goal is to separate you from the Father and from Jesus. And then he'd be fine if he died after that. But we know that for the Christian, death is not the defeat. In fact, the Apostle Paul was so confident that he said, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. For a Christian, when we die, you didn't, the devil didn't win. You didn't defeat us. We went to heaven and we're totally better now. I mean, everything's perfect now. But what the devil will try to do is he will try to separate you and get you to let go of God and, and, to, and to backslide and to, and to turn your back and to walk away. And in fact, uh, the Lord Jesus talking to Simon Peter, leave us in the book of Luke, um, but Jesus is going to be going to the cross and, 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 and he says to Peter, he's like, Simon, Simon, listen to me. Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. What does that mean? That means Satan has desired to shake your life all over the place. That's what sifting is. It, it separates you from that which is useful. And so Jesus said Satan has desired and asked if he could just shake you up and sift you as wheat. But Peter, listen to me. I'm praying that your faith would fail not. I'm praying that your faith would fail not. And so I realized that, yeah, Satan, if he wanted to shake Peter up and separate him from Jesus, He's going to have time where he's going to try to shake your life up and bring the day of trouble and uh, and to see if he can get you to let go. Don't let go. Don't quit. When you go through rivers of difficulty, I will be with you. You're not going to drown. You're going to make it through this thing. But don't quit and don't let go. He is good. He is a stronghold in the day of trouble. And so... To bring it all in tonight, I, I could keep going on, but I know we've got to bring it in for a landing. I want to tell you this much, that don't ever believe that you're the only one facing that. Don't let the devil make you feel like you're some sort of freak, like you're some sort of loser. No, no one else in that church. You might as well just leave now. None of, none of those people. They're, they're holy. They're not like you. And, and praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We're striving to be holy every day. Amen. Not, we're trying. We're doing our best to live for Jesus. But there's nobody in here. That's perfect, including this guy. No one in here is perfect. And Satan would love for you to think that you're just, man, you're, you're just, you're, you are messed up. Get away. Stop that. Resist him in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you need to realize you're not alone, that he's with you. We're with you. Amen. And that you're going to make it through the day of trouble because God is faithful. Amen. And he will, he will guard you from the evil one. But I've got to always remind you, you've got to be a doer of the word too. You've got to keep showing up. You've got to keep reading your Bible. You've got to keep talking to Jesus. You cannot let go. You've got to keep doing the right thing on your end. And listen, victory always comes when we don't give up. Don't say always. I'll say always because we always triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise God. We better go ahead and, and wind it down there. I'm going to have Josh lead us in a worship song. I need a few people to help me pray tonight. Desiree, could you maybe come? And Jose, could you maybe come and help me tonight? Amen. If uh, if you need prayer, we want to give you a chance for prayer. Maybe you've, maybe you've been in the day of trouble. Maybe you've kind of been in the middle of the rivers of difficulty. 
right now. Hey, I get it. I've been there. But you don't got to stay there. We can, we, can, we can hook up our faith with yours tonight. And so if you need prayer for anything at all, we want to pray for you. We want to be here for you. Let's take a few minutes to worship God. If you need prayer, come and get it. We're here for you.
start winding things down here tonight. Pray that everybody was blessed and received the word of God this evening. And amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You got to be hearing the word or you're not going to have faith. So praise the Lord. Well, we're going to go ahead and close things down. Uh, just I remind you that the Harvest Fest is this Friday. If you were wanting a flyer, you can see Desiree here after the service. And uh, again, I remind you, if you had signed up to bring drinks, if you could get those here tomorrow between 10 and 2 
or sometime on Friday. That would just be fantastic, and uh, it's going to be a blessed night, and we're going to really uh, just have a, a great time ministering and blessing each other. Amen. All right, well, let's go ahead and close out in prayer this evening. Praise God, and uh, and we're going to take this with us. Amen. You remember tonight that you are not alone, that God is faithful. He will guard you from the evil one. He will protect you. He will strengthen you. And so when the devil's going to, listen, you're going to leave here tonight. I know this. And if you came in here having a hard time, you feel pumped up right now. The devil, shortly after, he's going to come in and try to bring the oppression back on you. You resist the devil. Submit yourself to God. You're going to have to resist the devil, and he will flee. Amen? But just know, (laughs) amen, just know that he tries to come back in. All right. Uh, let's pray. Then we're going to say the Barstow Faith Confession. Let's raise our hands together. The Apostle Paul said, hey, everywhere, holy men should raise their hands in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in your word tonight. And we thank you, Lord, that you are so faithful. And we know that you will strengthen us and you will guard us from the evil one. And so I pray over every person here tonight that this word that has been brought forth into their hearts and into their uh, minds and, and, and into their life tonight, Lord, that they receive that, that they take it. And Lord, anybody in here that's been facing some difficulties. I thank you, Lord, that we do have the victory and we're keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And we will not give up. We thank you for it, Lord. You are so good. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? Amen. All right. Well, let's speak some words of faith over Barstow. Let's do it. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.